The following content is provided to you as a ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a high-adventure Christian wilderness camp in Andrews, North Carolina. Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters exist to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through the exposition of Scripture and personal relationships in order to equip the church to impact this generation. For more information, visit our website at swoutfitters.com or follow us on Twitter using the handle at SnowbirdSwo. Enjoy the message. Hello. Um, did y'all stay up really late last night? Good. Y'all be paying attention really well then. I'm really excited about that. Um, <laughs> okay, so my name is, uh, my name's Kilby, and um, I'm going to share just a little bit about my story with you guys and um, how the Lord has kind of redeemed me and how he's still redeeming me um, in the midst of this weekend talking about sexual temptation, sexual purity, and fighting against that. Um, so before I do, I'm going to pray first one more time, um, and then I will get started. Um, Lord, thank you so much for allowing, um, all of us to come together today and for, um, for this building and this weekend, we get to hear your truth and we get to feel your presence. Lord, I pray that we all will. I pray that you'll give me the words that I need to say and you'll give these girls ears to hear and, um, that this weekend will be fruitful for each of them. I love you, Lord, and I pray that we'll each uh, love you better, that our love will look less like us and more like you. In Christ's name, amen. Okay, so um, I want to just kind of preface preface this in saying um, that sexual sin is not just sex. Um, I think a lot of times we kind of get that into our mind either because we've not seen um, the other effects, the other sides of it, or because uh, we don't really know where those lines start and end and what um, is bad, what is right, what is wrong. Um, So I just want to kind of preface in saying that, yeah, like this this weekend of sexual temptation, it's not just about sex. It's not just about um, being with a guy, but it's all sort of sexual temptation. Um, And it's more encompassing. And desires are okay. They're okay to have. But um, it's when we give in to the temptations that those desires can bring. It's when we allow the the enemy and the devil to take those desires and turn them um, into things that are unworthy of the Lord, things that are not right for us. And I would honestly say, like, we aren't even to flirt with temptation. We aren't even to um, to kind of dabble in any of that. Um, <clears throat> and I know for some of you, you guys might not struggle with, with any sort of sexual temptation, or you might think, oh, like, that's not going to happen to me. What? I thought the exact same thing, um, and it did, and I grew up here my whole life, and I grew up with a family who loved the Lord, loves the Lord, and is, has been my whole life um, leading me in a, in a manner that encourages me to love the Lord deeper, but I still fell into it, and so I want to talk to you guys today, for those of you who do struggle with sexual temptation, for those who might have friends who do, because the truth is, even if you don't, like, it's such an encompassing thing that you know people, and you're going to know people who do, um, So, uh, for me, I kind of, I started struggling with pornography when I was, um, about 11 years old and, uh, I started not even like deciding that I was going to struggle with it, but it just kind of started with watching movies and, um, books and, uh, music videos, things like that. And before I even really knew what was happening, I was extremely far into it and I was completely, um, addicted to it. And it really took over, like, pretty much um, most aspects of my life. Um, and 
it honestly came from a curiosity, um, which I think can be so dangerous because like we're going to naturally have those curiosities because we're human and that is, um, in a sense how the Lord has designed us. But, um, those curiosities are meant to be rightly handled. And, um, it's when I kind of just let that go and let, um, the enemy take over that it became such a big thing in my life. And it literally, um, it polluted every aspect of who I was and it changed how I view myself and how I changed, it changed how I viewed others. Um, it changed even my desires, like both physically and emotionally. I know that pornography is a very physical thing, but I think like for us as women, there is like an emotional attachment, um, that does, it really like pulls us in. I know for me, it pulled me in and it changed how I viewed others and it changed my relationships with people and it changed my relationship with the Lord. It changed my desire for prayer. And it affected um, my desire for the Lord and honestly just like severed me from the Lord. And I let it and I chose for it too. And I honestly like had no desire to even open scripture because every time I did, um, I was hit like in the face with what, um, what I was doing and with the shame and the guilt of my actions. And, uh, and like I hated that. I didn't want for the Lord to convict me and I honestly loved like living in it still. Um, and so I heard a sermon a few weeks ago, I listened to a sermon and the pastor was talking about how there's two kind of two aspects of pride. And we often think of the first where, you know, when the Lord does save us, or if we believe that we're saved and we're not, and we, you know, we convince ourselves, oh, like we are self-sufficient. I can do this on my own. I can do this through works. But then there's also the other aspect and the other side of pride that says like, oh, but I'm not even worthy enough for the Lord to save me. Like I'm too far gone. But that's like the in itself that is just as as much of a pride issue and for me that was the thing like while I was in it I was like the Lord can't save me from this like I'm too far gone but like that is not for me to say that is not for me to decide on my own and the Lord was his mercy was just as encompassing then um if I would have just accepted it um and honestly like in that time I looked no longer to the Lord for joy. And, uh, in Romans seven, Paul's talking about how he chooses the things that he hates and hates the things that he chooses. And I literally lived like constantly in that lifestyle of like, I didn't necessarily love it. Um, but I did, and I hated myself for loving it. Um, and, and this is where Satan is so crafty because he, you know, like he tempts and tempts and tempts and it's so overwhelming. And the second that you give into that temptation, he's also the one who is making you feel worthless. He's also the one who's making you feel unworthy of the Lord because of the things that you've decided to do. And I, I lived in that and I allowed him, I allowed the enemy to just take hold of my thoughts and I allowed for those thoughts to take captive my heart and my whole, like most of my life, honestly. Um, and in that season, the Lord seemed distant from me and I was completely and totally convinced, um, that he had forsaken me and that he was the one who had kind of let me go. And, um, looking back now, I see that, um, like so vividly that I was the one who had run from him. I was the one who had left him. And even when I was running away from him, he was my only hope out of this struggle. And even as I had run away and gone astray and forsaken the Lord, he was the only one who'd see me in my depths and also still knew me fully, um, and was longing for me. Um, because the thing is like, he had already saved me. I was already a believer and I had walked away from him, but my life was already his. Like I was, I'd completely forgotten the fact that I was his. I had completely, um, let the enemy take hold of me and, um, convince me that he didn't want me anymore and that I had fallen from his love. Um, 
but he saved me before I was enslaved to pornography, knowing that I would be. And he still chose to save me, and he still chose to love me. And it was in that time of feeling isolated and of feeling worse, worthless that he wanted um, for me to feel his love all the more. Um, and honestly, like, I knew that. <laughs> um, but I had, I had pushed it so far back into my mind that I had no desire to rid myself of, of my struggle. I had no desire to cling to the Lord who would provide that mercy for me. And the truth is, like, I did love it. And it had become my idol. It had become my God. And I hated it. And I felt absolutely worthless. And in that time, um, Satan had caused me to feel so isolated. Because the thing is, like, Satan and, um, like, and even like our flesh, like doesn't it doesn't really matter how we sep- are separated from the Lord, but the enemy's goal is to separate us from the Lord. So however he can do that, he's going to. And so for me, it was pornography, and for me, it caused such an isolation that um, that I because I honestly didn't know that any other women struggled with pornography. I had no idea. I remember when I was uh, like fifteen. I finally was going to like share with people and, um, and it was a few girls that I had gone on a trip with and I was like, all right, like I'm going to do it. This is going to be good. And I did. And one of the girls was like, that's, that's kind of like gross. And I was like, all right, I'm never sharing again. And it like, it closed me off to ever having any desire to share. And it convinced me like even more like, okay, I'm literally the only woman who struggles with this. And that is where the enemy had me. And that's exactly where he wanted me because then I was so enslaved in that isolation. Um, so when I was about 15, my parents found out that I was struggling with pornography and it honestly was through, like, it wasn't even, (laughs) it was the Lord at work because I had no desire to, um, to share (laughs) with them. And I was so trapped in it. And honestly, like not only was I trapped in it, but I was choosing it and loving it so much that I didn't want to share with him. But it was through, um, a family situation that they kind of found out that I struggled with it. And I remember them. I remember them um, bringing me um, outside on a picnic table at our house, and and they were like, they they told me that they had found out that I'd struggle with it, and I remember all at once feeling <laughs> feeling this incredible shame, but also feeling this incredible weight lifted off of my shoulders because I didn't have to hide it anymore, and I knew that they knew and they still loved me because of the way that they um, that they came beside me to kind of help me fight. Um, against it. Um, and I remember like that night they went into my room because honestly, like I knew that I struggled with pornography, but I did, like in, in my mind, it was like this one aspect of my life and I kept it hidden and I kept it safe where in reality it had taken over and branched into like so many aspects of who I was. And so I remember us going into my room and I love to read. Um, and I remember them like going to my bookshelf and taking down like stacks and stacks of books and realizing like, oh my gosh, it literally like these books were feeding into it. My social media was feeding, like, it's not just this little aspect of my life. And, um, and I remember being like pulled out of it for a season. Um, and then, uh, I kind of fell back into it because, um, I don't think that, like, I truly don't think that my parents ever expected for porn or lustful thoughts or self-pleasure to be the snare I fell into because those things lurk in such darkness and pornography is such a secret sin. And for me as, and for anybody who struggles with it, as long as you desire to keep it hidden, um, you are going to be able to keep it hidden, um, until the Lord pulls you out of it. Because I know for me, like my parents, 
they did um, what was right, and they tried to keep me from it. And for a while, I was free from it. And for a while, um, I was in a season of um, just kind of having that weight lifted. But then um, I fell back into it, and it was crazy because I fell back into it not even from my phone, not even from looking at it, but I could literally call those, uh, recall those images in my mind in an instant. And for me, that was even easier than having my phone. And that was, uh, even more secret because there wasn't any evidence because I could be anywhere that I needed anywhere that I wanted to be. I could be in public and I could think of those things. I could be with others and I could think of those things and I could give into those thoughts and those temptations. So just as quickly as, um, my parents had helped me come out of it, I fell back into it. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and I honestly, like, realize now looking back, it does not matter how desperately you are trying to pull yourself out of it. It does not matter how desperately your parents or others or your friends, people who love you, are trying to pull you out of temptations, trying to pull you out of sexual sin. And so the Lord pulls you out. No human attempt, no self-attempt will free you. Um, you must cry out to the Lord and this is like this is the case for all sins, not only for pornography, but um, until you allow the Lord to break you, you're going to continue living in it. And until you allow the Lord to be what pulls you out, you're going to continue to fall back in. Um, and honestly, like with my parents, because um, this is the thing like confession is necessary, like human confession um, among other believers, it is necessary, but it's not the source of freedom. Um, but that's what I had looked um, look to it as was my source of freedom. And honestly, like my falling back into it was not neglect on my parents' part, but faith that they had in me that I would continue to fight in those things. And that I would be honest with them. Cause I can remember like going to coffee with my dad and him asking me about it and being sincere and truly wanting to know. And I would just be like, yeah, it's fine. Like some days it's hard, but it's fine. And I was completely stuck in it still. Um, because for me, like to tell them, to tell my parents that I had fallen back into it was even more shameful than to tell them the first time because it was after they had helped me. It was after, um, I had been free from that first season. And for me, that was all the more shameful to have them know that I'd fallen back into it and that what they had done wasn't enough. Um, and honestly, like it was probably like another two or three years that I struggled with it. Um, and in that time, I was so manipulative um, with how I, uh, how I looked at it, how I treated them, talked to them. And honestly, like, I let myself choose it. And once that door had been opened, it was not easily shut. Um, and I didn't even want to shut it. Um, but um, a few years later, I, um, I opened my Bible. And I read, I was reading through the Psalms. And uh, I got to Psalm 51, which is David's Psalm of Lament. Um, after he after he killed Uriah and took his wife um, Bathsheba, and I read, I'm going to read it to you guys now. It says, "Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against you, you only, have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight." so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. And then skip to verse 7. It says, Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence, and take not your Holy Spirit from me. 
Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and uphold me with a willing spirit. Then I'll teach transgressors your ways, and sinners will return to you. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, O God of my salvation, and my tongue will sing aloud of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. For you will not delight in sacrifice, where I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God were a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. So I read, I read this passage, and it was clearly like I had no real interest in what I was reading. I was kind of doing it out of habit at this point. And the Lord directed me to this psalm, like clearly and evidently. And I read this over and over and over. And it was as if the words that had been in my heart and longing to come out for so long were suddenly like on paper and right before me. And it was as if everything that I'd been so ashamed of was put on paper before me. And I had been so ashamed to cry out to the Lord for so long. Um, but suddenly here was my cry to the Lord. Um, and I felt finally after years of enslavement, I felt my desperate need for God's mercy to be poured out on me. Um, and I wept and I remember, um, realizing that like, even when I had been in the depths of my despair and in the depths of my misery, I had been too prideful to cry out to the Lord. I had been too prideful to acknowledge the fact that I was in desperate need for the savior to come and to rescue me and to bring me, uh, to bring me freedom. Um, and in that moment, I felt my longing, uh, return for Christ. And I knew that I was created to worship him and to serve and bear the image of Christ alone. And I felt my identity being not only, um, to be not only in those things, but to be in the image of Christ and my identity to be the image of Christ that dwells in me. And it is in the Holy Spirit dwelling in me alone that I'm going to be able to fight against those things. It is in him dwelling in me and me um, running to him when I am struggling that he's going to be able to save me from those things. And for the first time in years, (laughs) um, I felt that and I knew that and I realized that that was literally the only way out. That was literally the only freedom, um, and the only real freedom, the only lasting freedom. Um, and since then, like, know, know that my struggle didn't end there. Like, please know that that was years ago, and I still have to fight against temptations. I still am struggling um, with with thoughts and with fighting against not only temptation, but honestly, like, with guilt as well. Um, and there's still like repercussions from those things that I have to be aware of. There's still, there's movies I can't watch. There are, uh, songs I can't listen to scenes. I must skip in movies. Um, and it honestly has still, you know, there's still times where, and honestly, like I will fall back into it. There still has been times that, um, I have given into temptations ever since then. But now there is a hope um, in coming out of it. And there's a realization that I have to allow the Lord to break me when I sin so that I can feel the weight of the mercy that he offers to me. Um, but it is a constant fight. And um, and I will be honest with you, like, it's a hard fight. And the harder you fight, the harder the enemy is going to attack you. The more that you um, run to the Lord, the more the enemy is going to pursue you. Um And honestly, like, this isn't just with porn, Um, though clearly and evidently it is. This is with any sort of temptation because the enemy's goal is to ensnare you in. The harder you fight against it, the more that he's going to fight um, with you and towards you um, and that he'll be a threat. 
because you're a threat and you're fighting against him. And he is relentless. Um, I'm not going to lie. He is relentless for years sometimes. But also in that now there's a hope that even during those seasons, like Christ has overcome what I could not overcome. Um, And honestly, like even as far as relationships go, there's still aspects that like I have to, um, I have to be aware of because I know like now there's a fear, um, that I didn't have before of like when I get married and there's this unrealistic expectation of when I get married that I'm not going to be able to fulfill these unrealistic ideas that I have in my head that I know are not real, but that are still in my mind nonetheless. And, um, and honestly, like the fear that I will not be worthy enough. Um, but something that I've been really thankful with is like, uh, thankful for is having the Lord, like even in relation in my relationship, the end goal is not to please one another. And the end goal is not to, um, solely be each other's fulfillment, but that the Lord would fulfill one, like each of us in one another and through one another as we lift one another up. And that our relationship is just as much founded on his grace as our relationship with the Lord is founded on his grace. Um, and honestly, like with every single one of those fears that I have, for marriage. Um, the Lord brings me new truth and he brings me new promises and new mercy. Um, and knowing that that's not my identity anymore. And, um, and I'm no longer a slave to those things. And, um, it was super encouraging a few months ago. I, um, one of my friends who got, who has been married for a few years, I was talking to her and she was like, you know, like, honestly, I struggled with the same thing. And the Lord, takes those things away when like in his timing just as much as everything else is time for him so are those things and he will bring an intimacy with you and your husband that is only and can only be found in him and that even those temptations cannot um cannot uh infiltrate and cannot mess with um so basically like even now struggling with the guilt of what I've done it's and I know that, like, the enemy is just as um, as clearly oftentimes in most days, like, using guilt um, to attack me as he has temptation. Um, but, like, what a disgrace to grace if we see that guilt and we, and we um, think on that and we dwell on that. When the Lord not only died to remove sin but to remove guilt so that we can have confidence in him and we can have a freedom in him. Um, And honestly, like to be reminded that it is not our own efforts that we focus on because the more I've learned, the more that I do focus on my own efforts, the more that I do try my own, the more that guilt becomes visible and the more I can see that guilt and feel that guilt. Um, And our hope is not on our own capabilities of quitting, whatever has control over us, not just pornography, not just sexual temptation, but any sort of struggle. Um, We will fail over and over and over again and we will, um, we will be separated from the Lord. Um, so we have to, in those times of trial and in those times of feeling that guilt, we have to run to the Lord. I know for me, a lot of times, something that I've struggled with in the past years is whenever I do like give in to those temptations, I kind of, I kind of think, okay, like I need to kind of sort everything out and then I'll go to the Lord with it because I need to get everything straight. I need to get everything right. But like (laughs) the Lord already knows everything that you've given into. He already knows your heart. He already knows your hurts. And so we have to run to him the instant and the moment that we're feeling, uh, temptation and the moment that we're feeling, um, guilt from those things. Um, 
And the truth is, like, there's hope in it because we not only are fully loved by the Lord, but we're fully known. And in that, there's true and deep love because he's loved us even as we um, dwell in that guilt and even as we dwell in those temptations. Um, And honestly, like, the biggest thing for me to realize is that he has made me new and it is not for me to say um, and it is not for me to decide my worth and my identity because my worth and my identity is found in him and in his grace and in his goodness. And once he's brought me into himself, um, my worth is no longer the things that I've struggled with. My identity is no longer the temptations that I've given into. And there's such hope in that and there's such freedom in that, but we have to desire it just as much as he desires to give it to us. Um, and honestly, like something that I've realized is we as believers, we must feel the weight of sin in order to feel the weight of, um, the glory and the mercy that the Lord has given to us. And we must understand what Christ has brought us out of in order to understand what he has brought us into. Because for me, for a long time, um, not acknowledging that I was living in sin, didn't really allow me to see what mercy was extended to me. Um, And so we have to, as much as there is hope, we also have to allow um, the Lord to convict us and allow us to see how unworthy we are of that grace and so so that we can see how um, great that grace is. Um, So when these worries do arise, um, we have to fight them with prayer, with scripture, and with truth. and the truth is that Christ is our identity, that in that identity, he has made us pure, he's made us worthy, and he has made us valuable and priceless, and we're made in his image. And um, we're not only made in his image, but we're made to worship him, and in obedience, we're worshiping the Lord. Um, in obedience, in fighting against temptation, we're worshiping and praising and glorifying the Lord who has brought us out of that. Um, the scripture, um, is this, that, um, in first Corinthians six twenty it says, um, that we're bought with a price and that price is the blood of Christ, which has washed away all of my black past and has washed away all of my wrongs and my brokenness. Like I could never do on my own, like nothing of this world could ever do, like nothing, um, in my church or my family could ever cleanse me of, um, Christ by, um, by his blood has redeemed me from that. Um, and also something I think that we need to be reminded of is, um, we have to come to him ready for him to take over every single aspect of our lives, every single aspect of who we are. We can't come to him and say, all right, Lord, like I'm ready to give this thing up and then live for ourselves or live for the world in every other aspect and facet of our life. The Lord is not a God of a certain facet or a compartment within me. Um, and I must surrender all things. I must be willing to give up all things to him and come to him with a contrite heart. Um, and the prayer is that with every day and with every fight against temptation, Christ will make me more and more like him. Because the more that I'm like him and the more that I'm in him, the easier it will be to fight against those temptations. The easier it will be to overcome. Um, and honestly, like, I would encourage you guys, I think in our society and kind of in um, Christianity, especially in America, like, I feel like the potency of prayer has been overlooked. Um And I know for me, like, that's one of the strongest ways to fight against temptation when it's coming. Um, And I know sometimes it's hard to know exactly what to pray. But honestly, I would encourage you guys, like, if you do struggle with knowing what to pray, like, pray the Psalms. Pray scripture. They, like, the Psalms, it's pretty much just like a book of prayers. And for me, that's extremely encouraging. And um, 
And it does kind of help you in knowing, all right, like the Lord does hear all cries because um, in Scripture there are cries of joy and there are cries of sadness and brokenness. And I think it's also good to be reminded that um, prayer is not meant to be uh, eloquent. It's not meant to be pretty. It's meant for us to bear our souls to the Lord. It's meant for us to take our hurts and our brokennesses, our brokenness to the Lord. Um, and honestly, like I would encourage you guys, like pray for a hatred for sin. Like this, like the sin that attacks us when the enemy attacks us, like he is not relentless. And so we should not be relentless in our fighting against him. Um, so we as, um, believers need to pray more for a hatred of sin. Um, because that's honestly the only way that we're going to overcome it is if we do hate it. Um, and honestly, it's not for me to overcome. Like, I'm not going to lie. It is a hard fight. And there are days when my mind is weary and I just want to give up. Um, but it's not for me to overcome. And, um, the hope is that Christ has already overcome it. And there's a day where we won't have to fight anymore. Um, and we won't have to fight against these things anymore. In James 4, 7, it says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So there is hope that in this life, as long as we're fighting, it's like, there'll be times where the enemy will flee and where we'll have peace. And the Lord is the only thing that can bring that peace to us. Um, and sometimes like I know for, some people like there's a certain struggle there's a certain sin that you're going to struggle with your whole life and most of the time times that's the case um but also some of the times like one one of my favorite stories is the lady who kind of encouraged me and kept me accountable like during my time of of coming out of this temptation and coming out of my struggle with pornography she had struggled with with the same stuff and um and she'd struggled with pornography for a super long time and so whenever she was uh in her early 20s she kind of she kind of, she stopped looking at it but still the, the temptations and the struggle um they still were there they she started to fight against them and for eight years she fought against those struggles those temptations and one day the lord literally just like brought her peace and and she's not struggled with those things since then and so for some um it might be like a lifelong struggle but for others like the lord might um bring you out of that to where you don't struggle with it anymore but regardless of whether it's one or the other the truth is like our hope is not in this life our hope is not in this lifetime of finding peace here but finding peace in eternity when we're met by the father when we're met by christ um and we, when we when we do have an eternal peace and when we don't have to fight anymore um and honestly, like, there's a hope that in this life, um, for every struggle and every temptation and every desire, um, Christ and the King of the universe has sympathy for us. And for every desire I have to overcome sin, Christ desires that for us all the more. Um, and so don't, like, don't forget the fact or allow the truth um, of the fact that Christ is fighting alongside you and for you, um, to lose its, its power and to lose its hope. Um, so something, um, that's been super encouraging to me is that uh, to be reminded that not only has Christ already overcome my sins whenever I became a believer, he overcame those sins at the cross. Um, I heard a story, um, the other day in, in church and, it was about a pastor in like the 1800s and he was, he was traveling all throughout the U S and he came to this, um, this like little hotel and there was a man there and he asked if he was a believer and the man said, yeah, yes I am. And the pastor said, okay, how long, how long have you been redeemed? How long have you been, 
how long have you been saved? And the man was like, almost 2,000 years now, uh, but sadly only realized it like a few years ago. So like, I love that story because it's, it's truth that like, we not only have um, a hope that Christ has overcome our sins, but he overcame it already um, at the cross. Like it has been, um, it has been conquered and it has been forgiven. Um, and when Christ was hanging on the cross and he looks down and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That was not only um, for the Roman soldiers. That was not only for the people who were crucifying them, but he was speaking that for me and for you. 2,000 years ago for the sins that he knew that we would struggle with now, for the sins that the enemy tries to convince us, make us unworthy for the cross, make us unworthy for um, any hope and any goodness and any love that Christ offers and extends to us. Um, I'm going to read Romans 5, 6 through 11 really quick. Uh, It says, For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So in this passage, we see that like (laughs) Christ desired us not while we were doing well, not while we were um, kept in goodness and doing things rightly, but he desired us while we ran from him. And um, it's good to be reminded that we didn't earn our salvation because Christ ran for us and he died for us while we hated his name and while we chose to live in the world, while we chose to live in our flesh. Um, and this is, um, and this is our hope because like even now, so like Christ ran to us, he died for us while we were not yet believers, but he still does that even when our hearts are cold while we are believers. So even when we're far from him, cause there will be seasons where, um, where temptations do seem to kind of overcome us, but even in in our walk with the Lord, even in our faith during those seasons where our hearts may be cold, the Lord still, um, still extends mercy to us and he's still patient with us and he's still gracious with us. As long as we desire to cry out to him and as long as we, um, still desire for him to bring us freedom because in him alone, uh, there is freedom. And so, uh, I know, like, for me, things that have been really good is memorization. So I'm going to share with you guys a few just, like, passages of hope um, that have encouraged me while I'm fighting against pornography, even still, even, like, seven, eight years after um, I started struggling with it. And even though the Lord has brought me out of um, out of the sin of it, but still while I'm in fighting temptation. Um, so Daniel nine eighteen says, for we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. First Corinthians 12, nine says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. 1 John three twenty says, For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows everything. So we see, like, all throughout Scripture, not only do we have a hope in Christ, but we are completely um, in ourselves un 
capable, incapable of, and unworthy of, um, of saving ourselves. And it is Christ who, who, um, has redeemed us before we ever even desired to be redeemed. Um, and something also that I've struggled with since then is, is remembering to feel the worth that Christ has given me. And often in my mind, what comes is like the thoughts of, I am unworthy. Um, but this is again, like, this is not for us to decide. The Lord decided your worth when he gave his flesh to be torn and when he gave his blood to be shed and his body to be hung on a cross so that you could have life with him and you could have freedom from the things that completely enslaved you. And whenever you were dead in your sins, he called you out of that. Um, and honestly, like I want to encourage you guys. I know for me, something recently that's been kind of discouraging is, um, when I do talk with girls about these struggles, when I do talk to girls about pornography, it's kind of like, if they share sometimes it's kind of almost to just kind of get this weight lifted off. Um, and I'm not saying these things to make you feel good. I'm not saying these things to let you know, okay, like there's other girls who struggle with it. Like I'm not alone. I'm saying these things prayerfully and I'm asking you please to run to the father because there are other girls who struggled with it, but I can assure you the only hope that they found in it is the Lord. The only peace that they found is from Christ. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, And so, um, I kind of want to fight, share some things that I fight with, um, in, in temptations and some things that the Lord has used to kind of help me when those thoughts are heavy. Um, and so the first thing is scripture. Um, memorization is a huge deal. Um, I know that it's not maybe thought of, um, as often, but I know for me, like during those times when I am like, cause there'll be some moments where I'm like in class and the images will flash into my mind without me even like asking for them to, or I'll be at the store, or I'll be hanging out with friends and literally thoughts will just like come into my mind. And it's during those times where you have to be able to, to fight against those things with the word of the Lord, with his promises, and with his goodness. And so memorization is a huge deal um, to write the words of the Lord on your heart when the thoughts and desires come to bring those words into your life, um, not only to fight against those things, but also to live those things out that, um, that are memorized, those things that are found in scripture, to not only have them to fight against temptations, but to have them to be reminded of to live them out daily. Um, Deuteronomy 11 talks about keeping the Lord's words on your heart as mentioned like several times throughout Proverbs as well. And so not only is it something that it's like, okay, this is going to help, but like we're called to know the word of the Lord so that we can become more like him and so that our hearts can be more inclined to hear him and to desire him. The second thing is prayer. Um, I kind of already talked about this, but confess your sins to the Lord um, and cry out to him. Ask him to bring the desire to fight. I think a lot of times, I know for me, I try to confine my prayers to certain boundaries. But um, but for me, something that I've learned in the past probably year is to literally like the Lord already does know the desperations of your heart. And so to be honest and be like, all right, Lord, like I... I'm feeling, I'm feeling discouraged. I'm feeling weak and I need for you to help me to fight against these things. Um, and forgiveness comes, um, if we ask him for forgiveness, but we have to be willing to ask him for it. Um, and we have to be aware of our sins. And I would encourage you also, like for me, something that's been really good is not only to pray that the Lord would forgive me of sins, but to pray that he would make me aware of when I do sin. Um, that's been a huge deal because I know oftentimes the enemy does kind of blur the lines of what is good, what is bad, what thoughts are right and what, what thoughts are wrong. 
And so just ask the Lord, all right, Lord, like make me aware of when those thoughts do come. Um, make me aware of when I have sinned and when I have done wrong so that I may um, come to you, run to you, ask for forgiveness and ask for strength. Um, the second thing or the third thing is, uh, accountability. This is, this is huge. Um, and it's biblical also in James five, it says, confess your sins to one another. Um, and as I said earlier, like this is not the ultimate goal, um, to confess our sins to one another. And this is definitely not where our freedom comes from. Um, but we are called to confess our sins to one another and it helps when we do so that we have others keeping us accountable. Um, I know for me, whenever I was really like struggling with it, Um, and I was trying to come out of it and I had, um, one of my friends keep me accountable. I know like, honestly, it's okay to have others, um, kind of be sometimes like what's keeping us from sinning. Cause I know for me, like there'd be times where I was super tempted and I would be like, all right, I'm not gonna, I can't look at it because I know that this person knows me too well that when they ask me how I'm doing, if I've looked at it, I'm going to have to be honest with her and I'm going to have to tell her because she's. Um, because she knows me well enough to know, um, when I'm telling the truth. And it honestly, like oftentimes kept me from, um, from falling back into it. And that's okay. Like it's good to have accountability and to have our conscience be what keeps us from giving in because the Lord works even in that. Um, and though Christ is the ultimate one who we should confess our sins to, and he is the ultimate one who will keep us accountable. Um, it also is healthy and it's right to have fellow believers encourage us and lift us up and point us to Christ. Um, so find someone to keep you accountable. Honestly, for me, like the longer that I went without having someone keep me accountable, um, the quicker, more easily the devil will convince you how little you need accountability. Cause I know for me, like I had kind of decided in my mind at one point, all right, I'm going to tell so-and-so, um, and they'll be able to help me. And it literally took like one day of me being like, oh, I'm going to actually hold off for me to, for the enemy to literally come in and be like, nope, you don't need that. Like you're going to be able to be fine, uh, without having people, um, helping you and encouraging you. Um, also I know like, (laughs) I know for a lot of people, you know, they think, cause for me, like I did have my family who, who did help me and did keep me accountable. And I know for some of you guys, you don't have that. Um, and so I just want to encourage you guys, like you can go there, women in your church who would love to keep you accountable. There are, um, there are people within, um, your friend groups and small groups and church ministry who want to encourage you and who want to help you come out of this. Um, and also just like, I know sometimes for some people they say, okay, like if I had a better home life or if I had a better father who could have, you know, helped me and encouraged me, like I wouldn't have fallen into that. I know I'm biased, but I think my father's fantastic. And I think that he has, he's raised me rightly. I think that he's raised me to love the Lord and I still fall into it. And the truth is until your heavenly father pulls you out of it, it does not matter, um, what kind of father your earthly father is because the enemy, um, is more powerful than that. And the enemy will, um, prevail regardless of, um, of who your father is on this earth until you look to your heavenly father. Um, Also, something that was extremely helpful for me is I know whenever I was trying to come out of it, something that kind of seemed foreboding and something that kind of seemed overwhelming was to say, like, okay, I'm never going to look at porn again. Like, that's a long time. That's a big deal. So something I would encourage you guys to do is, is whether it's pornography or other uh, sexual temptations or whatever it may be, say, like, for me, it really helped. I would say, okay, I'm not going to look at it for a week. And that week seems a lot more tangible than forever. And so then after that week ends, then you say, all right, I'm not going to look for another week. And then you go to, uh, you take it to a month or two weeks, whatever it is. And 
it seems a lot more uh, tangible and a lot of times it's a lot more um, easy to accomplish in, in doing that. Um, also, like, I think we need to understand the importance of accountability because it's not something like quickly suggested in scripture, but it's actually commanded in scripture. And so we must see the importance in that. Um, and also have people who I would honestly say are close to you, um, because then there is that, there is that, um, that bond. But if not like, yeah, just find somebody in the church who, you know, will keep you accountable, who, you know, will speak truth into your life. Um, and so with that being said, um, just know, yeah, like sexual sin is not something that is going to present itself to, um, to show itself. Like it's going to be something the Lord's going to have to draw you out of. And it's going to be something that not only will the Lord have to draw you out of it, but you're going to have to be willing and desiring for the Lord to break you of that. Um, so with that being said, um, I'm going to pray for us, um, really quick. And then y'all have like a 10 minute break and then small group, you'll have share groups in here. Um, so I'm going to pray for us and then y'all be dismissed.